Welcome to the FCBC NYC podcast. We're so thankful that you decided to join us in this moment and in this season in your life. Our prayer is that this podcast will be a catalyst for conversion and transformation and that you will be inspired and renewed in such a tremendous way that your desire will be to be your best for God. Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life. We are an ever-evolving community of visionaries, dreamers, and doers who have been called by God to live the lives we are created to live, commanded by God to love beyond the limits of our prejudices, and commissioned by God to serve. Called to live, commanded to love, and commissioned to serve. And if you cannot remember everything I just said, we have three profound and powerful words for you. What are they, family? Live, love, serve. As I was sharing earlier about how we pour into our young people, how we share the story with our young people, I thought about that and I also thought about the sermon I preached a few weeks ago entitled, I Am Your Neighbor, uh, quoting from that passage in which Jesus uh, encourages the lawyer, or rather the lawyer quotes the scripture and says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and strength. And I shared with you at that time that that passage, that commandment came from Deuteronomy 6. I want to go to Deuteronomy 6 today and read that passage today. And I think in some ways um, that scripture and the story surrounding what I read today will be helpful in this season especially even for those of us who have children or who serve as mentors or guides to our young people. I think these words found in Deuteronomy 6 will be helpful. So if you would join me in reading, whether you have a Bible or your app, Deuteronomy 6, and I want to read verses 4 through 9, and then Deuteronomy 6, verses 20 through 24. That's Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, and then Deuteronomy 6, 20 through 24. And here's the word of God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children and talk about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise. Bind them as a sign on your hand Fix them as an emblem on your forehead and write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Verses 20 through 24 read like this. When your children ask you in time to come, what is the meaning of the decrees and the statutes and the ordinances that the Lord our God has commanded you? Then you shall say to your children, we were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. The Lord displayed before our eyes great and awesome signs and wonders against Egypt, against Pharaoh and all his household. He brought us out from there in order to bring us in, to give us the land that he promised on oath to our ancestors. Then the Lord commanded us to observe all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God for our lasting good, so as to keep us alive as is now the case. Come on, family, let's pray. God, we thank you and we honor you today for this amazing day you have gifted us with. 
We pray, O oh God, that as we move forward in worship and honor of you, that we are mindful of who you created us to be and who we are called to be, especially in this season. God, we ask that you continue to bind those things that seek to undermine our humanity and diminish our divinity. God, we're grateful. We're grateful that you are still mindful of us. And in times like these, your presence is power. Your presence is sustaining. But remind us, oh God, that your presence combined with our commitment is how great transformation takes place. So God, thank you for endowing us, for keeping us, for sustaining us, for leading us and guiding us. God, may we always remember the sufficiency of your grace, the enduring nature of your mercy, and the covering power of your love. God, we love you and we thank you. And it's in your name we pray, amen. Allow me to read those passages of scripture one more time. Deuteronomy 6, verses four through nine, and then Deuteronomy 6, verses 20 through 24. And here is the word of God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. Keep these words that I'm commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children and talk about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise. Bind them as a sign on your hand. Fix them as an emblem on your forehead and write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And verses 20 through 24 reads like this. When your children ask you in the time to come, what is the meaning of the decrees and the statutes and the ordinances that the Lord our God has commanded you? Then you shall say to your children, we were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. The Lord displayed before our eyes great and awesome signs and wonders against Egypt, against Pharaoh and all his household. He brought us out from there in order to bring us in to give us the land that he promised on oath to our ancestors. Then the Lord commanded us to observe all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God for our lasting good, so as to keep us alive, as is now the case. I want this morning FCBC to speak from the subject. Keep telling the story. Keep telling the story. This scene is in some ways one of the climactic scenes in the book of Deuteronomy. Some people label this scene as Moses's farewell address. You see, Moses was not going to enter the promised land with the children of Israel because of Moses's own disobedience and lack of trust of God. But as the children of God are preparing to enter the promised land, preparing to enter Canaan, Moses then shares words of wisdom because he doesn't want them to miss out on the enormity of how God is about to bless them by going into the land of promise, a promised land that was promised to Israel's ancestors, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And in that passage, as Moses begins to share what we now call again his farewell address, he begins with what some call the Shema, this hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. The Lord your God is your God alone. 
And then he recites that great commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. Moses then tells the people, you cannot forget this commandment to love the God, Lord your God with all your with all your soul, with all your heart, with all your might. That is the greatest commandment to love God, to honor God, to trust God. And then Moses says, don't let them forget that. Don't let them forget that story. Don't let anyone forget that story. Tell your children when you're lying down, when you rise up, wherever you are, share that commandment to love God, to love God with all your soul, with all your heart, with all your mind, and to never shrink back from that, to continue to not just use the words of love, but to practice the words of love. Moses goes on to say, bind it on your wrist, bind it to your forehead, write it on the doorpost. In other words, don't forget these words. Don't forget how our love of God ought to be transcendent, transformative. Don't forget to love God with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your might, with all your strength, with all your soul, with all your heart, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. Don't forget that. The premise for Moses' plea, really, is because Moses knows what God had done for the children of Israel. So that when you get to verses 20 through 24, Moses makes clear what this love of God with all of our heart, soul, and strength, and might is connected to. Moses says, we cannot forget because there will come a time where our children will ask us, why should we obey this commandment? Why should we honor these practices? Why should we honor these ordinances? Why should we love the Lord our God with all of our heart, our soul, our might? Then Moses said, because they must know when they ask that question, that we were once slaves in, in Egypt, that we were once slaves of Pharaoh, but God brought us out of slavery in order to bring us into this land of promise that we are going to inherit even now. Moses tells the people, your children will ask you, what is the meaning of this love? What is the meaning of our practices? Why do we love God like this? Why do we put our trust in God this way? When you get to verses 20 through 24 of Deuteronomy 6, you understand what that is connected to. Moses tells the narrative. He says, don't let them forget. When they ask you why, tell them, because we were slaves once. We were, we were, we were living in trauma once. We felt the brutal punishment of enslavement once. We went through the horrors of captivity once. We went through all of that. And God brought us out of that to bring us in to a new day, to a new place, to a new reality, to a new possibility. Tell your children when they ask you. Keep telling the story. How appropriate those words are even today. Where so much is abounding in this culture and in this particular moment. With so many people, even right now, black and white and Latino and Asian and Native American, so many people have come together protesting racial injustice and police brutality. In some ways, these protests are bringing to the forefront a harsh reality lived for many people, a particular segment of our population for centuries. And now people are coming together because of the brutality, because of the harsh treatment, because of systemic, structural, 
institutional racism because of the house that white supremacy built, because of the house that white privilege sustains, because of the house that prejudice binds. And many have come together now. Many who have come together have come in solidarity and support of African-Americans and the brutal history in this country. But there's something to be shared today, even from this passage in Deuteronomy 6, because somewhere along the line, there's something we can't forget. We cannot forget not only to love God, but to trust in God, but the narratives and the story upon which that love and trust are built on. Moses tells the people, your children will ask, why do you trust God? Why do you love God? Why do you believe the way we do? Why do we honor God the way we do? Because Moses connects the love of God, the trust of God to what God has done in our midst and still continues to do. It does not negate the brutality. It does not negate the hardship. It does not negate the struggle, but we are here. As Moses said, the God who brought us out has brought us into something new, to something powerful, to something transcendent. That's what that God has done. And now in this moment, it is not just about whether or not we can face the current hardships and current crisis we face. The question is, can we give a historical context? Can we tell the story to our children so that when they face these moments of racial injustice, they will know we have not encountered this anew. When they see these images broadcast on television, videotapes of brutality, they must know that we have been here before. Not that we do it to rehearse the pain, but to know that what we've come through before, what we've endured before, gives us a glimpse of what we can come through in the future. That much was done, much blood was shed, much strength was given, much horror was endured, but we're still here. Keep telling the story of those who gave their lives so that we can live, those who fought for freedom, who died never seeing the freedom that you and I are the benefactors of right now. Keep telling the story of those men and women named and unnamed, those men and women whose life and whose blood built this country. You know, there is a slogan that many of us have learned not to like that is declared by the one who occupies the White House now. That slogan is make America great again. And I've heard people question the greatness of America. Let me tell you why I can't question the greatness of America, because the greatness of America was built on the back of people who look just like me. I can't undermine that. If I talk about the greatness of America, I have to talk about the legacy of those countless unnamed men and women who gave their lives to build this country. Yes, to talk about America's greatness is to talk about people who look like me. Look like me. Yes, it's not that America was not great, but we need to know why it was great. It was great because it was built on brutality and slavery on the backs of my sisters, my brothers, my great-great-grandfathers, my great-great-grandmother. That's why it's great, because our genius and our blood are woven into the founding of this country, and we cannot deny that. Tell that story. 
Don't let our children not understand out of what they come, not just our children, not just African-American children, but those who live in this country. Everyone must know the story of how this country was founded and upon whom it was founded. And it's a narrative that benefits all of us because when we see the truth, hear the truth, are confronted with the truth, it gives us a glimpse of what we can become and what we can achieve. Don't stop telling the story, the story of how we've overcome, the story of how we've endured, the story of survival, of achievement, of thriving, of overcoming, of enduring, of sustaining. Don't stop telling the story. We ought to tell our children so that they tell their children and they tell their children we must continue to share this narrative of overcoming and power and strength. And yes, these are difficult times. And yes, these are challenging times. And yes, sometimes the history is so brutal and so savage, we don't want to share it. And some of us even feel the shame about it. But don't stop telling the story. It is the only way we can truly get to another level, another phase, another dimension of who we are called to be as human beings by being honest about what we have endured. Keep telling the story and not just the story of the history and the legacy of racism and slavery and injustice. You, my brothers and sisters, those of us who have stories that have been shaped by strife and hardship, that have been shaped by pain and sorrow. It is not to glamorize suffering because that is not what the Christian movement is about. That is not what the Jesus movement is about. It's not about glamorizing suffering or making suffering the cornerstone of this movement. No, but don't be ashamed to tell your story, no matter how ugly it may feel to you, no matter how painful it may be. Don't be ashamed to tell your children your story, because when you tell them your story that may have some bumps along the road, those stories that may have some difficult portions, those stories that may have chapters we'd rather forget, don't be ashamed to tell that story because when they know your story but see your current moment, it gives hope and possibilities of what can be achieved. Yes, we all have stories to share. We all have stories of how we've arrived at this place, at this moment in time. And if your story is one that is a little painful, my God, don't be ashamed to share it. Let your story be your testimony. Let your story give a glimpse to others of the possibilities that abound. There will come a day where your children may ask you about your story. Don't be ashamed to tell them. I struggled once. I was addicted once. I, I had problems in my life. Things were not going well. But that's part of the grand narrative of your overcoming spirit. Tell them the story of God's sustaining power in your life, how God kept you and sustained you and kept you from losing your mind and kept you from throwing in the towel and kept you from giving up. Tell the story of how you made it over and how you came over that mountain, how you pushed through that obstacle, how you were able to achieve when other people didn't believe. Tell the story of how when you felt like you were alone, God reminded you that you were not by yourself. Tell the story of how when people doubted you, you still made it through. When people didn't think you could survive, you still came out. Tell the story. 
Don't be ashamed of it. Let people know that all the things you've gone through in your life, no, they don't define you, but they help build you up to this moment. Tell the story to your children so that when they encounter obstacles similar to your obstacles, they'll have a narrative that will give them strength. When they encounter hardship like you encountered hardship, they'll have a narrative that will encourage their soul. That's why Moses told the people to tell the children, when your children ask you, why do we love God this way? When your children ask you, why do we trust God this way? When your children ask you, why do we obey God this way? Tell them we were broken one time. We were slaves one time. We were destitute one time. We were wounded one time. We were damaged one time, but we were able to come through. God brought us out of our misery and brought us into our breakthrough. That's the story you tell. God brought us out to bring us in. And you can't forget that. Tell the story. And I know there are more than a few of us here today who can testify of those moments where God brought you out in order to bring you in. He brought you out of your hurt to bring you in to your power. God brought you out of your misery to bring you in to your triumph. God brought you out of the broken place to bring you in to the place of transformation. God brought you out to bring you in. Don't forget. Don't stop. Don't relent in telling your story. Don't be selfish with your narrative. Don't hold it in because there are parts, there are chapters in your story that you're not proud of, that you may even be ashamed of. Tell the story. And for my brothers and sisters, my young brothers and sisters who look like me, who, who I like to say have been kissed by God's son, we, we can't stop telling you the story so that when moments like this arise again, you'll know the historical context of how we've achieved greatness. We had to go through some things to get to where we are right now as a people, as a people, and not just African-Americans, but all people have stories and narratives of overcoming, but we can't be ashamed of those stories. We can't be ashamed of the legacy in this country of racism, of slavery. Because when I look back over the generations and centuries when I look back over the centuries of people who suffered, bled, and died, when I look back over the centuries of people who experienced some of the most grotesque forms of treatment at the hands of another human being, when I look back on those stories, I'm encouraged. Because as I always say, it's a reminder of the collective strength of a people who refused to be broken although they were bloody and bruised. We all have a story to share. We all have a story that can encourage. We all have a story that other people are waiting for. Creation is waiting for you to tell your story. So please keep telling your story. Keep sharing your story with no shame, with no shame. Because if they hear where you were, 
Let them see where you are right now. I'm not who I used to be. I'm not where I was. I'm in a new space now, but guess what? The story is not finished. There is yet more to be done. And like we often say in church, the best is yet to come. Keep telling the story. Keep sharing the story because our young people need to hear not only where we've come from, but young people need to know what you've come through, what you've endured to be here right now. Thank you for listening to the FCBC NYC podcast. We hope that what you heard was informative and inspiring and in some way created a space for you to have a creative encounter with God. You can follow us on social media and on the internet at fcbcnyc.org. Please follow and also contribute. If you've been blessed by what you heard, support us financially that we may continue to offer these podcasts. Thank you again, and we look forward to you tuning back in in the future.